Hey, it's Shanna, and this is the At Home Tarot Podcast, where we're building a home within ourselves, one daily spiritual practice at a time. Good morning, and welcome into today's spiritual practice of tarot. So thankful, very thankful you're with me today as I talk about today's cards. They are landing with me in really um, tender ways. (laughs) So many words I could use. So many words. But the feeling in my body is a tenderness around my heart. Uh, Like a heart opening, but also like... mm, like a wound hitting the air, right? It's not just tender, it's that every nerve is light and I want to curl in a ball and protect it. (laughs) Um, You'll notice that I use a lot of humor to um, process through big things, but also um, my humor also is a mask and a protection method. So, You'll never know which one it is with me. Only I can answer that. But just know that if I'm laughing a lot, one just amusement, right, um, is is a beautiful way to move through things. Also know that my amusement covers up a lot. That, in fact, you know, usually my humor is a way to stay out of being serious because I don't want to be seen as serious, right? Can we talk about that for a second? Because this podcast is going to be a serious one. It's okay to be serious. And you're not alone if you use humor, as I do, (laughs) Um, to lighten the mood, but also to process. And what that means is just things feel too intense. They feel far too intense to be serious. We, not only do we judge ourselves for being serious as if being too serious and intense will push people away, which I have found with the right person, I hate saying the right person, but with certain people, that is just not the case. That in fact, what they want is for you to be serious. What they want is for you to be more real and intense about you and what's actually going on with you. That in fact, sometimes the humor, at least I know for me and being the person in the humor, the humor is actually a way of of disconnecting. It cuts off the intimacy of the moment because it feels too big for us. It feels too tender to be that intimate with someone that we're not going to cover up the way we feel, um, what we're going through how that's coming out of us. Now, not in a way where it is projected on another, but just in us and how it's coming up and bubbling out of us. Um, And I just want to offer you the expansion that people will sit with you through that. And that humor 
and even applying knowledge, which we're going to talk about today with our cards. You know, when we sit back and rationalize and explain ourselves through something we've learned, you know, all of it is a way to get out of the intimacy of the moment and come at it from an outside perspective instead of, I'm the person feeling this. You know, I'm the person feeling this. And um, I had a total breakdown (laughs) yesterday um, around this. And it was like this protection method finally was like, I, you don't need to be here. Don't laugh your way through this. Don't smile your way through this. And I didn't for, for most of the day until afternoon. I, I was, I didn't smile. I didn't laugh. Nothing was funny about this. Um, and what it was, was I woke up just in a tizzy at first I was calm and then we had to go somewhere quickly and I was upset about the way I looked and my greasy hair and you know and I was upset and you know I was upset that my partner took three minutes and could look fabulous as happens sometimes between males and females and you know, it just grated on me and I was crying and I was like, go without me. And then I was like, no, and I couldn't find my clothes and I was bawling and I bawled the whole way down, you know, and managed to, you know, keep the tears okay at the event, uh, the gathering that was happening, but didn't smile that whole time, just did not feel like it. And when I returned home, I just like came in the door and, um, kind of like took off most of my clothes and curled in bed and bald. And my partner, thankfully, thankfully, um, just laid down next to me, curled me up and just held me and didn't try to fix it. Um, but just laid there until it was done. And, you know, I was talking a little bit about, of course, all these things I'm going through in life with, um, Uh, family members and illness and my own illness and moving and all of these things. And I told him, you know, I could name off all these things happening in my life. But the truth is, I know it's not quite that, that those things are adding to it. But the truth was, I was in deep grief. And I was grieving because that person I was a year ago is not able to continue to live. She can't function anymore. Um, If she does, life is going to get pretty terrible. Things are going to get really out of balance, unmanageable. Um, And I know I can't live like that. I know I can't live um, with her doing that. And... um, you know, he really intrinsically understands ego death. We both know the importance of shadow work uh, as well as just living in the moment and enjoying. It's that kind of spectrum. And, you know, he reminded me, you know, you're dying. You know, you're, there is a part of you, your ego is just can't function the way it's functioned. You know you can't be these qualities that you once were, even the ones you enjoyed. And he's like, I know you're already shedding them, you know, Um, and you're losing someone and you're in grief. And I said, yeah, it feels like that. Like it, I told him it's grief. It's, 
And this is what I think people don't understand when they go through deep transformation. We make it look really beautiful online and we're just sort of like dancing and all this, these things. And that's never been my reality when I truly change. Um, in fact, the other thing kind of feels like faking it until I'm through grief. If I haven't had grief, it feels like a show. You know, Shakespeare once said, uh, you know, all the world's a stage and the men and women in it merely players. We play at life. We act our way through life and we're, we act transformation because it's so trendy online. What I know is that when I finally do dance and have fun and feel that free, it's usually because I went through grief. And now I just feel so in the sky, so buoyant, so beautiful. And so um, I share all this because we have our nine of swords again today. Thank you for listening, by the way. My partner knows this intrinsically. He goes through the wave of emotions differently. But this full moon in Pisces, both of us were riding our emotions. Mine just looks like, like a flood of tears, right? His looks different than that, but it was the same. And so um, I'm going to talk about the cards, and I, I think you'll know why I shared that story. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it, and I'll, I'll continue to unfold things for you. <sighs> Today's self-abandonment card is the Hierophant. It's the five card of the Major Arcana, and um, it is the Taurus card, Taurus personal power card things being really secure, um, things really having a system, things being really stable. Now, in our self-returning card, we have the Mars and Gemini card again. Again, we're experiencing this Mars and Gemini. And I mean, mine, my Gemini again is in the eighth house. Well, eighth house is all mental health. It's loss. It's death. It's grieving. It's intimacy. I mean, how intimate, how much do I have to be not putting on a show for anyone to just roll in, take off my clothes and go ball my eyes out in bed without saying a word to my partner, but also not caring what he sees or what he ended up doing in that situation, which what he did end up doing was beautiful is exactly what I needed. And it brought us closer and it was intimate. If I laughed it off we wouldn't have had such intimacy yesterday you know and then he was opening up about his own ego deaths that have happened and we once I was calm you know after a good cry where things start to get calm and your head clears up right and in fact it's clearer than it was before then we were able to sit down and just relate and talk lay in bed and do that um and so again I, I'm asking you where is your Gemini and you might not go through um, an ego death like I do, but I, I actually think a lot of you may be. That there's, and with an ego death, we do see some deaths of things in life as well. But it's like the the first part that really, the thing that cracks us open to that new person, rather than just, oh, I'm, I'm going to change my habit here and I'm going to make this choice there, which are all beautiful, needed things. It's like we're trying to act as if we've already gone through the ego death. But then the ego death comes in and it is hot. 
and it is teary and it is a tsunami. It really is. And um, I'm wondering where your Gemini is in your chart and where that Mars is right now. Because I think that the, at least, you know, all of these readings are first and foremost for me. Remember, these are my cards in the morning, but I do think they relate to the collective. And so I'm going to speak to my experience, which may be different than yours, but my experience is that whatever your Gemini house is in, you probably made some different choices. You've been trying to make some different choices already. But what's going to happen is, and maybe it was just the full moon in Pisces for him, him and I this weekend, maybe this will hit at a different point for you, but you're going to have a moment where you realize you can't smile through this anymore. You can't laugh it off. You can't be detached. You can't just observe. You have to feel, you have to be in it, no matter what it looks like when it comes up and out of you, you're grieving. You're going to have to grieve. The person you have been around that theme, you know, maybe you're Gemini's in relationships and you cannot be the same person you've been in relationships. You just can't. It's not going to work anymore. Everything, the person you have been in relationships, they're dying. You cannot function that way anymore. And that will bring up grief when you finally accept it because it is like a loss of a person and you don't know what's coming and you don't know who you will be. As much as we try to plan and think of who we want to be, you don't know. That's what scared me yesterday along with all the grief is I don't know who I'm going to be. I don't know if I'm worthy of it. I don't know if I'm up to the task. It's not, it wasn't even worthy. It was I don't know if I can do this. And yet everything is pushing me and, and setting up for me to do it. And maybe, maybe your Gemini is, is somewhere else, right? Maybe it is in home and you're about to move home or create home. Or maybe something's going on with your mother and you're just like, I cannot be the same person I can. I, I used to be with my relatives. Now, the hierophant here is really interesting as I mentioned that example, you know, in self-abandon because the hierophant is all about tradition. It's all about how your social groups see you, how they've taught you to be who you are, how you conform, and also how our own education, the things we've learned, our knowledge, have created beliefs and the beliefs just have us conforming again and again to this old version of ourselves and into these boxes and into these identities again with the Shakespeare. All the world's a stage and the men and women, women in it merely players. You're playing at conformity. You're playing at being yourself. You're playing at what looks good traditionally, what has looked good in the past. You are play acting the things you have learned, right? Education, knowledge, beliefs. It's about having these teachers that have said, do it this way, do it that way. You're looking outside of you to your mentors and trying to live just like them. They're not you. Anytime you're trying to be more like them, 
It's an act. Now we can look at things that our mentors do and say and believe and and go, hmm, something about that really resonates with me. We still have to make it ours. So it's not about the fact that we may not desire um, something a mentor has taught us or the way they live. It's just that the way they do it is their way of doing it. It's not our way of doing it. And we're conforming, right? And that is that old self. That old self was putting on an act. It was trying to arrange itself to look a certain way. You know, it's like walking through the world going, I'm so supportive. I'm so strong and courageous. You know, I am so smart. And then an ego death arrives and it says, you've been playing at those things and it doesn't mean you're not those things. It means you've been trying to take that role and be seen in that role all the time. You've been doing it to prop up your self-esteem. You've been doing it to prop up the life you've been living. We don't need you anymore. We don't need that actor who's acting at that anymore. Of course, we're intrinsically smart and strong and supportive, but that is no longer the identity we try to put on. We try to show off. That's tough. It's tough work. You know, how it's hard to wrap our minds around. You know, Mars and Gemini, we're, we're really trying to do the work to fight the good fight in our mind around this. It's really tough some days. It really is. And again, it's not that we won't be those things. It's just they won't be the identity we lead ourselves through life with. What choices have you made because you have to hold the identity of supportive? What choices have you made because you had to hold the identity of strong? What choices have you made because you had to hold the identity of smart, responsible, it's not that you won't still be those things. It's just you. your identity will not be trying to f- continue to hold that structure around you, that label on you. You will just be that thing, but you won't be worried that you will or will not be labeled by that thing. It is no longer the whole structure of your identity. It is no longer how you conform. The Hierophant when it is in self-abandonment, is us conforming. That's not how we live into our essence, right? Conforming, doing things how we think we need to in order to fit in, in order to gain our belonging, in order to, to, to get what we want to get in life. It's a denial of the deep essence within us. And that's... That's hard work to get down to, and it's serious work, and we need to take off the laughter, and we need to take off the amusement, and we need to take off with the hierophant, everything we've learned, and the way we disassociate and distance ourselves from the way we feel 
by being able to just describe it logically, describe it through things we learn. I am so guilty of this. And this is not bad. Sometimes we need this, but there's there's a tipping point coming where this is not going to get you through. If we don't go through the grief portal, we will be stuck in those moments where we're still trying to conform again and again. And that is when patterns repeat. And not small patterns like, oh, I made this decision today. Big patterns. We just get into another relationship that ends up the same way as before. Why are these people exactly the same as the last people? Could it have something to do that you're acting out being the same person you were last time? You didn't allow that person from that past relationship to die inside of you, to grieve her or him. Sorry, I'm speaking directly from my personal experience. Them. Right? How do we truly let someone go if we haven't grieved them? And my usual answer is we don't really. We, we go through the motions, but we don't make it a reality within ourselves. We have to accept that that person is being asked to go. And that we are losing a part of us that we've been living for quite a very long time. And that's hard work. <sighs> Can you take a breath here with me? Again, this is a serious episode and it's time to get serious. <sighs> Do another one, but look at something really stable in your space. Let that be your stability, security. Let it center you. It's not going nowhere. Neither are you. Okay. Nine of swords is how we keep coming back. We need to accept this Mars and Gemini. It is oscillating back and forth. You know, our Mars and Gemini was in self-abandon. Was it last? Was it? It was, it was the very last reading. It was over the weekend. You can listen. And, you know, being on the other side of that, being so totally, um, mm, I'm just processing the fact that we just had this card in self-abandon. It's like a big moment of realization for me today. Now, what we had over the weekend was um, that old mindsets um, were really going to ask us to get into integrity, right? And so nine of, of swords was in self-abandon. And I feel like that's like rubber hit the road on that this weekend, you know, it was in self-abandon because some of us were going to deny it. We were going to deny the grief. We were going to abandon ourselves by avoiding grief and just being um, distanced, you know, disassociated, um, laughing it off, not, not taking it seriously. 
And that's okay. Again, I've been talking more and more about the the self-abandoned portal or path is probably still going to lead you somewhere. It's just going to take you on a very different path. You know, I've self-abandoned. We all do. Um, if you're committed to this work, you'll come out the other side. You just don't know what's down. You don't know what is down either path. Let's, let's put it that way. It's just going to be a very different route. And there's going to be moments where we're like, I've lost myself. I, I didn't take myself seriously. I wish I had, you know, we'll have a little bit of those. I wish I had not regretful, just thoughtful about the choices we once had that we didn't take. And so if that happened to you this weekend, I think the way we return to ourselves, and I feel like I've been through this and I'm going to continue through this today, is we need to grieve. And I really invite you to look up the Nine of Swords in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck and look at the person who's sitting in bed and crying. That was me yesterday, literally me laying in bed crying yesterday just in grief, just in anguish, just in anxiety, questioning whether I could really do this. Again, this is serious. How serious are we able to be? And with ourselves, how truthful, how honest. Look at all those swords up there. That's a lot of truths coming in. Right, That's a lot of clarity. The funny part of this card is the nine has so much clarity. And yet the person's still upset and grieving and anxious. Because the truth, the real truth will weigh on us. It'll make us feel things we're not used to feeling. And nobody else's truth, just ours. right? Ours, but not even ours at the same time. The bigger truth about us. Not just what we think is true, because what I think is true often gets me conforming with the hierophant. It makes me actually take on truths of other people I'm reading online. Those aren't my truths. My truth is right here in bed with tears. That's where my truth is. That's where my clarity is. It's, It's not found in anyone else. And it's not conforming to anybody else's timeline and story the people i watch online are at different places on their journey than i am and maybe someday i'll be there and so it's worthy to read that story but where am i find your center where are you take yourself seriously take what's happening to you seriously i think this is a big call to stop laughing things off that's hard That's really tough. If you have Gemini in the fifth house of pleasure and fun and creativity, that's a challenge, right? But trust me, even alongside grief, our pleasure can enhance because of going through that. We have to grieve the person. And this is specifically if you have it in the fifth house, but I think this is for everybody. We have to grieve the person who didn't access what we are about to get from that house who didn't access it as full as we could have. And we actually couldn't 
Like we literally could not access more because of who we are, how young we were, things, our resources, things like that. And now we can, and it's scary. So even though something like the fifth house might be talking about way more pleasure, right? Way more creativity, way more fun, way more romance. Even though that's there, there's still a grief of why couldn't I have gotten this sooner? Who did I lose because I couldn't be in my pleasure, right? What did I lose in life? What I lose out on? Why have I been living? All of this comes up when we go through ego death. And it's not about getting caught there. It's about grieving it when it comes up. And definitely came up for me this weekend. I don't know if it did for you. If it did, this may be a re-invitation back into grief. If it was avoided. Right? If it was avoided. It's big stuff. And if this is around your relationship, I really feel for you. Because it's a scary business. I've been through the ego death of relationship. I'll probably go through one again. You know, mine right now is about the intimacy of the people close to me that, yes, that's relationship, but it's also about me and, and some other things actually in my life that aren't about the people in it, um, but about my own mental health <laughs> um, and things like that. So um, we're being invited back into the grieving process. And they say Mars is the warrior, and I truly believe I truly believe that the strongest thing we can do is break down. That the strongest thing we can do is be real. The strongest thing we can do is cry and let it out. It's why I don't respect men who will never cry. And not the ones who have deep things going on and they're trying, but the ones who continue to conform and not feel. Because to go through grief is to become a new person. And anyone who avoids grief is staying exactly as they are. Because it's far too scary to step into an unknown person. Because here's the thing, we don't have a script for that, right? All the men and women are merely players. If we've been play acting our way through life... You're still a person, by the way, but I just mean we're trying to arrange people. We're trying to get people to say certain things. We're saying certain things in order for other person to say their line. You know, we're trying to arrange things, all of that. We, we have to kill off our character, right? It's a very, very hard thing to do. It's hard to sit with. And we don't, the uncertainty is, for me yesterday, unbearable. And all I could do was cry it out. And then it felt bearable afterwards again. But we have to have that moment where we're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm not on stage any longer. Now I'm in the reality of the situation. I don't know if I'll be able to handle this. I don't, I, I don't actually know anything here. Oh my God, to get to that point is to finally be at a rebirth stage to finally admit I don't know anything here and actually feel that right not just say it again don't be the actor if you don't actually feel it don't say it 
you'll feel it. You'll know the difference when you really feel and you're experiencing the acceptance of not knowing anything. And you'll know when you're in grief and not just playing at grief. Trust me, it's it's felt in the body. <laughs> you cannot deny it when it's upon you. And you're actually going through it, you know what it is. You know, yesterday when I was crying, I was like, I yeah, I could name all these terrible things happening in my life, but there's something more to this. You know, and that's how I knew it was me and my own grief about my own life. Um, rubber hits the road when Pisces shows up. You know, Pisces is not creative. Pisces, I mean, Pisces is creative, but Pisces is is desperately us um, shedding the self. My my partner's a Pisces, and he's intrinsically gone through um, a huge transformation and he does truly believe you know it's about forgetting yourself and not the way we talk about when we talk about relationships and codependency of I've forgotten myself as in I don't exist but in a way where you are so full of yourself that you can actually step outside of yourself for the sake of source, for the sake of the world, for the sake of compassion, and actually just not consider yourself in the situation. And it's a choice. You've shed yourself. You know that you're fine, no matter if you forget yourself or not, because you're just there. You're existing. That the true self feels like nothing, as uh, Richard Rohr would say. You know, the, if we're still in defense, then it's ego is the ego feels like it needs, it's something, something we created around us, right? Think about the essence or the soul or the spirit and the body. The body needs to be defended. It's a physical thing. It needs protection. But essence, soul, spirit, you can't see that. It, it, it's like nothingness. So nothing can, nothing can hurt it. So when we're in defense... And defense being laughing it off, defense being getting angry, defense meaning running away, you know, however you might try to defend your past self, the self you've been, just know that if you're still in defense, it's you're still defending an ego self, a constructed self, the identities you're trying to hold to secure fitting in, to secure belonging to look like you belong here in this society. When you are back in your spirit and your soul and your essence, nothing can touch it. It will never go away and you start to understand that and you don't feel like you need to defend yourself the same way you've been. Physically, yes. (laughs) Physically, yes. You know, boundaries, yes. You know, but not reactive. Not the same way that past person that we're grieving did. We don't need to act like that anymore. And that's scary. That's really scary. I'm going to end there <laughs> on that note. I'm sorry uh, to end on that note, but I don't want to, I, I want to end this at our usual, you know, 30 to 35 minutes here. Um, 
I just want to say you're doing a great job. You know, shadow work is hard because intrinsically we're going deep and we're seeing parts of ourselves that have acted in ways we no longer want them to act. And so a lot of shame can come up. And I just want you to say, um, like, I just want to say, like, relax, don't struggle. And that includes, you know, not defending yourself to yourself either. You have been who you are. That's fine. That's absolutely okay. You are literally doing exactly what you can do right now. Not everyone's going to be at this point today. Maybe this will happen in the seven months when Mars and Gemini. Maybe it will happen years from now. We don't know. Maybe it'll happen today. Maybe it already happened this weekend. Just know that when the time comes, when all this serious stuff bubbles up in you, it's okay to be serious about it. It's okay to be in the grief Whatever that looks like in real life, it looks like curling in a ball and crying like I did. If it looks like taking long naps and just trying to sit silently and ride the waves out, you know, however that looks, do it. Don't run from it. All right. I care about you. This is a a deep process and I'm here. If you would like a personal reading on your Mars and Gemini, you know, we can look at your chart Um, you can book a private session with me, jennadale.com, um, and head to tarot readings. Um, you can actually join me live if you'd like, and we can go through the astrology. We can pull tarot. We can just talk about anything you want to talk about too. Um, you can also do a pre-recorded tarot reading that I do on my own and, in the description, you can ask me to look up your Mars and Gemini and do a reading on what your Mars and Gemini is bringing up for you. So I uh, just want to drop that here as extra support because this feels like the episode to say, hey, um, it may feel like I'm cutting things off and you're still lingering and you're still curious and um, it feels really felt for you. It feels very real for you and you want more um, to look at and sit with and just be supported in, uh, do head over and order one of those. Uh, I think they're about 40 bucks, 45 bucks over there, US. Um, and you get anywhere up from 20 minutes. Sometimes I take as long as 45 minutes for those readings. Um, I read until I feel like I'm done. So um, just put in there, you're curious about your Mars and Gemini. Make sure to put your birth date your birth time and your birth place in there. Otherwise I can't look up where your Gemini is. Um, and I will see you tomorrow. Okay. I care about you. Bye now. Thank you for joining me at home for our daily practice today. If you'd like deeper insight into your current energy, head over to jennadale.com slash insight messages to order a personalized reading from me and be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening so you can join me again tomorrow. See you then.